Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Daniel Kostelski, co-founder and CEO at Chalkline Sports, a media technology company that powers platforms for communities and marketplaces of sports betters. Daniel, glad to have you on the show. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Thank you, Rob, for, for having me on the show. Yes, um, my background is in uh, sports marketing, and I also started a sports book uh, in 2008 in Africa, uh, sold that to a large land-based casino group. So I've, I've got experience actually running a, an online sports book, and then we, we pushed that down to the, to the 13 different locations, the 13 different uh, casino groups. Came back to the United States uh, and was involved in the online horse racing industry for about a year and a half. And then my brother and I started Chalkline Sports, which is really designed to help uh, these operators and these potential operators uh, uh, that are getting the sports betting licenses find customers and fill their funnel full of uh, very valuable sports bettors across the United States. Nice. So what we're going to talk about today is the current state of affairs of the sports betting industry, how you might be able to get involved, how brands are going to get involved, uh, potentially break down some misconceptions and really drop some knowledge to help you become more informed. And I'm someone who is very forward thinking in how I see the industry. And certainly I'm excited about the opportunities that sports betting are going to offer. So let's talk about the current state of affairs for sports betting, and a lot of people may only be seeing headlines, but can you give us some quick nuggets on where we're at right now? Sure. So, so for the past 20 years, the only legal uh, state um, where, where, where you could legally sports bet was Nevada, and that's about a $5 billion industry. It's a growing industry, but, but it is, a, it is a, a drop in the bucket compared to the illegal sports betting market that was happening prior to PASPA, and it's probably still happening. Um, that that illegal market is about a hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. Uh, people are wagering with their uh, local bookie. They're wagering offshore. So they're doing they're wagering somehow, some way, um, and, and none of that is taxed, regulated, or anything like that. And that's one of the reasons why the Supreme Court uh, struck down PASPA back in May, which was an over oversight, uh, an overarching ban on sports betting across the United States, other than in Nevada. So the, in the past six months, since, um, since that Supreme Court decision has happened, there's already six states that are live. Um, obviously, there's Nevada, but then New Jersey just recently went live. Um, uh, West Virginia, Mississippi, uh, New Mexico, Rhode Island's going to go live here soon. So all of these states now have the ability to decide which, um, you know, if they want to, to legalize sports betting and how they want to legalize it. Um, you know, tax rates, who can be an operator, who's going to be getting the licenses and those types of things. But, but I, I just venture to say that over the past six months, you, you know, when, when you look at the, 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 the players in the industry, obviously it's all the land-based casino groups and it's the tracks that are going to be getting the sports betting licenses. But I can't help but think that the media companies are really uh, well positioned in order to, to turn eyeballs into revenues because of the um, added engagement that sports bettors have with with the sports. So let's talk. Let's dig a little bit more into that because up until now, how many media companies are really dealing in the sports side of things? And really, when I started Bacon Sports, 
one of the things that was foundational to it was I looked at the, the sports marketing landscape and I did not think that brands were doing a very good job of marketing to sports fans. And how did I know? Because I was a sports fan and I looked at what the marketing was and it was buy what we're selling. And I was like, this doesn't relate to me whatsoever from a marketing standpoint and as a sports consumer, I was like, I know I can do a better job of this because who better to market to sports fans than someone who's a sports fan with a marketing background. So one giant challenge I see is, all right, we, we accept that sports betting and media companies and content and marketing are going to be a thing, but does this mean that they're still going to be able to understand how to do it effectively and speak it in our language? Because you and I, uh, we can meet immediately and we can start chopping it up about parlays, money lines, right. teasers, like everything. But then when you get to a brand level, which is typically risk averse, so yes. they don't want to ruffle any feathers. I see that being a little bit of a conundrum because part of the authenticity of sports betting is knowing how to speak the language of one of those. So uh, how yeah. do you see this playing out from a, from a standpoint where it's just not spray and pray, oh, we're going to do marketing around sports betting because we see the opportunity as opposed to let's actually do this correctly in a fun and engaging way. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Look, that, that, that's an excellent point. Um, and, and I just I, I venture to say that, that there's just not a lot of experience in the United States in general about um, sports betting, uh, how it how it works. Uh, the, the terminology, you know, although there's 150 billion that gets wagered and there's a lot of sports bettors in America, there's still a lot of education that needs to happen. And so, you know, that from a, from a player, uh, from a sports better perspective. So obviously that's going to, that's going to be difficult for a, from a brand's perspective, but we're starting to see some of that already. If you look at, at, at um, you know, what's been hap what happened with the daily fantasy industry. And just recently, uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has now engaged with DraftKings in order to have an engagement app. Um, MGM has, has just sponsored, um, you know, has just sponsored the NBA and they've, they had, they were running a, a, a preseason uh, over and under on season win totals uh, with the NBA. And that was on the NBA.com. So at the crux of, of this is it's not just about uh, saying, hey, listen, you are uh, a sports fan and I'm a brand. Hi, how are you doing? Buy my stuff. What it should be is about engagement tools and, and really tapping into the passion points of those particular sports fans. And to be perfectly honest with you, offering, you know, free to play pick'em games or those type of engagements where you can give away a million dollars. I think it was Hooters uh, recently gave away a million dollars for the World Cup. So you had to pick all the World Cup games free, for free and, and you could win a million dollars. So those are the types of engagements I think that if they're done well, um, certainly can, can, can set, you know, as a brand, it can set you apart from, from some of the other brands that are just saying hi and waving at, at sports fans. So I, I love that because it's a low barrier to entry, entry point. Because if you, if you just look at uh, casual sports fan consumption, you've got survivor pools. So... Uh, I know my, my wife is in one for work. This is just a bunch of people at work and uh, every week they do that or pick them pools. And then you say, all right, look at March Madness. Everybody can fill out a bracket. So we know that there's already a plethora of simple games that can be activated. So is the logic then, all right, let's get uh, an entry point for some of these casual fans to come in there, 
and then find ways to continually engage them and market them to hopefully get them down the funnel to one day be a sports better. Yeah, or to be a sports better or to engage with the brand. I would agree with that. So, you know, I mean, a lot of, you know, B-dubs, are, they're, they're trying to get, uh, you know, app downloads and, and, you know, whether you think apps are the, the way to go or not from an engagement perspective, um, you know, having those free-to-play games and engaging with people on, on you know, sports betting type uh, games that are free to play. There's no entry. They're not a sports book themselves. All they're doing is just offering that engagement. Um, to me, that that seems like a you know a great strategy, and it's certainly a strategy that has been deployed in Europe, where sports betting has been uh, ubiquitous for for 20 years. Um, now, what we're going to probably see in the in the next three to five years is casino brands like MGM, like William Hill. William Hill now are starting to open up uh, lounges, betting lounges, in, uh, in conjunction with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they're a sponsor for um, in, in Nevada, Las Vegas, with one of the soccer teams um, and with the Vegas Knights. So sports betting brands will start start to creep into this kind of sports marketing space. But but certainly just it, it's about engagement, you know, maybe less so than, than just advertising. Okay, so there's going to be a large majority of the audience who doesn't even know who William Hill is. So, okay. Well, it, it just sorry about that. Well, no, but I, I say that from a standpoint yeah. of how are consumers going to choose who to go with. So, yeah. if you're a casual sports fan who does the survivor pools and all those things, William right. Hill is going to mean nothing to someone like me who follows the industry. Of course, I understand that. But, right. but now, once the sports betting market uh, starts to mature and we start to hear some of these names. How are consumers going to choose who to go with? So will this be two options like FanDuel versus DraftKings? Or is this going to be more like a cell phone where all of a sudden you've got a variety of things? Because what's really going to make me want to go with one over another, especially if I haven't heard of or engaged these brands before, that you don't know the worldwide stake that William Hill has as opposed to you're like I don't know who that is I'm just gonna I've heard of Buffalo Wild Wings though like in the states I could see the name Buffalo Wild Wings having such a larger cachet than William Hill which is counterintuitive to what's the the reality in the sports betting landscape so how yes. are we going to choose who to go with as a sports betting operator yeah, that, that, that sorry, that's a great point. Sometimes I'm 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 so neck deep in the industry, I I, I can't see the, uh, the the forest for the trees. I, I look the, the the two brands. Um, I can't help but but just look at look at the data already, and, and that's and that's data that's already coming out of New Jersey. Um, you know they're doing uh, about half of what Nevada is 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 um, is is betting. Um, and the two big brands there are FanDuel and DraftKings. They have they have transitioned from from daily fantasy. They they spent millions and millions and hundreds of millions on advertising and building that brand. And now they're they're parlaying the, the their their brand from a DFS brand into a sports betting brand. So those to me are are, are natural, um, you know, are natural you know, progressions. That, at a, at a certain point, at, at an, at maybe from a different perspective too, is there's a lot of people out there that just gamble in general. And my experience coming from South Africa, where, where I worked inside a land-based casino group, was that those sports bettors actually sit on the loyalty databases of all of the, the casino brands across the United States. So they just need to, I mean, they're just going to be tapping into their 
into their database and trying to just, you know, increase their bouquet, their bouquet of, of entertainment from, you know, slots and table games and maybe some, some shows into sports betting as well. But, but there, there will come a point though, when, when as a, as a brand in the space, you have to be compelling and it's going to get crowded very quickly. And if, if you've got, you know, if you've got a really clunky mechanism in order to enter a competition or to have a survivor pool or to even offer a bet, if it's not on obviously mobile first, if it's, uh, you know, if it's complicated, if it, if it asks you all of these questions beforehand, I just venture to say that, 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 uh, that you know, that, that there are going to be various drop-offs, but the, but the first and foremost are just the brands right now in the gaming space, and that's the land-based casinos, the tracks, and it's the da- daily fantasy guys like FanDuel and DraftKings. So let's talk about the importance of mobile versus on location. So you, you hear, oh, we've, we've got these casinos where you can place the sports bet. But quite frankly, that is something that is not native to the majority of people. We're not spending a large majority of time in casinos. But if all of a sudden you're like, Rob, you can do all of this via mobile. Now, all of a sudden, the entry point is significantly easier. So almost from like a percentage standpoint, what, what can we expect from a customer experience and the potential growth of the industry? I have to imagine the overwhelming majority of it is going to be reliant on the mobile side of things. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I think, you know, a lot of the projections that are being done by, by some pretty smart guys, uh, 70 75% of the sports bets over the next three to five years are going to be on mobile phones. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that they've already been doing it with the offshore books. So it's the five dimes and it's the bravados. Um, it's the bet online. You know, those are, those are, are, are well-established brands, um, you know, in that mobile space. So, so people are comfortable using that, that, those mobile platforms, but, but certainly, um, I mean, the death of, of retail is, 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 is well established. And I just can't help but think that um, if you, if some of it is legal and regulatory, so for instance, in Mississippi, you cannot bet on, on your mobile phone outside of the, the, uh, the confine of the casino. Um, whereas in New Jersey, you can sign up and, and play, uh, you know, and, and bet on sports uh, from anywhere inside of New Jersey. So some of it has to do both with legal and regulatory, but for the most part, um, if you don't have, you know, great, you know, mobile engagement and, and, and a good mobile experience uh, that, re- you know, to represent your brand, uh, you will, you will quickly, um, you will quick, quickly go away. And, and I say that because in New Jersey, they're looking at over the next two to three years, having 30 to 35 online and mobile sports books. So it will be so simple for a consumer to move from one book to another um, and, and, and the, and they're, they're, they're going to be throwing so much, you know, bonus money and, 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 and the acquisition for those customers are going to be so intense, um, that it'll be easy for, for people just to close down one, one mobile site and open up another. And will it get to a point where let's say I live in New Jersey, but I'm visiting a friend in Oklahoma that, Hey, what if it's Saturday at 10 a.m. and I'm watching college game day and I want to lay some bets down? So I get the geofencing of New Jersey. Will it get to a point where you'll be able to bet in legalized states where, where you're from versus where you are actually at at the moment? Like, how will that work? Because the, the confines of a sports better, especially if you're traveling during the football season, right. I don't want to not be able to bet just because I'm not in New Jersey. 
Yes, and, and that is going to be tricky. That is something that the industry is, is, is trying to sort out um, as we speak. Um, right now, you have to be in New Jersey. Um, you actually you know, have to be inside the state of New Jersey in order to do that. And, and most of the states are establishing regulations in order to do that. I think over the next three to five years, you're going to see some softening um, of, of those rules. Um, but, but yes, it's going to be a challenge and it's one that, that, that people cannot solve right now. Um, and that is one of the challenges also with that offshore illegal, you know, sport, those offshore illegal sports books. I can access Bovado from anywhere in the country. Um, and, and I am, and as a, as a legal, as a legal sports book, I am competing with Bovado. So it's, it's, a, it's going to be a challenge for, uh, for, you know, America to get that illegal, you know, black market money into legal and regulated um, environments here in the U.S. Is the black market money, though, just a small percentage of the overall potential of where this could be, knowing that casual fans, and I even just look at uh, my own friends and the people that I know who come up to me and say, Rob, uh, what sports book do you use? if I use one, um, what, what sports book do you use? And like, how do I do this? So like, I'm, I'm seeing casual fans at least question your, like what to do next, but I would have to imagine like, what would, what would convince someone to leave their offshore sports book to be like, Oh man, I'm going to go do this regulated. And even yeah. then doesn't even really matter because I can only see it being a small sliver of the overall pie. Yeah. It, th- yes. Uh, I, I think, over, over, you know, over the next three to five years, it's projected that there's going to be 30 to 32 states that are going to legalize sports betting. Now, what that's going to do is that's going to expose sports betting to uh, a bunch of people that um, have maybe always wanted to do it and haven't really had the opportunity. And, and some of the, you know, from an operator's perspective, some of the challenges around offering sports betting is legal payments in and out of my sports book. So, you know, are the banks on board in the United States to allow, you know, credit card transactions? You know, so, so there's some things other than just the, the mechanics of a sports bet um, around mobile betting. But I can't help but think that that the the casual fan will most definitely not be currently on a on an offshore book, and there is massive opportunities for them to to go on to these, you know, onto these uh, these sports books. What what I will also tell you though is, you know, sports betting can be intimidating, and and I do know this also from a horse racing perspective. You know, it's it's, it's yeah, I was at I was at Keeneland uh, actually yesterday, and I was with a friend, and my friend was like, "Well, I don't even I'm so embarrassed to go to the till and actually place an exact on these two horse racing bets." Now, you know, take that and you multiply it by the you know twenty or thirty million Americans that are trying to place this bet. There's there's a there's certainly going to be an opportunity for some of these brands to really dumb down their offering and make sports betting super simple. Um, but but they're not really there yet. It's still a pretty intimidating foray into into sports betting from a UI and UX perspective on mobile. Do you see this potentially taking a page from the online poker boom back in the day, which said, hey, you can come play in this free arena and get your feet wet and it'll have the exact same experience like you would otherwise until people play that for like one week and they're like, oh, I'm ready to do it. 
The, the free-to-play model is, is one that is tried and, and true. It's been tested. Uh, poker is a good example. Social casinos is another good example where people, I know it sounds crazy, but people just want to spin reels and, and just understand games and play blackjack for free. Um, so, so they understand kind of gambling before they're actually putting a dollar down or five bucks down. So that free-to-play model is, is exactly, in, in my opinion, really what's going to be happening across the United States to get some of those casual gamblers uh, up to a confidence level where they're willing to put $5 on, on a particular game. All right, last question here. So let's look forward. Someone's like, man, Daniel, this is awesome. I'm interested in being involved in the sports betting space, whether I'm just a consumer, I'm a brand. Like the answer is yes, I want to be involved in sports betting in some capacity. What should people be following or, or what are some action steps, if any, that they can do to better educate themselves, to better put their brand in a position to succeed? Because we're so early in the regulatory process of this that uh, there's so much that's an unknown. But if you want to be successful, you got to plant your flag now and start uh, planting the seeds so that it can grow in the future, especially if you're at a brand where it's going to take talking to a lot of people figuring a lot of different things out. Like what can people do to put themselves in a position to succeed moving forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. I, I, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of, of understanding um, the, the value of the sports better because the, the value of a sports better, obviously to a sports book is, is, is known. It's a known quantity. I know that um, over the next 18 months, if I bring a sports better onto my sports book here in the United States, I'm probably going to earn 11 or $1,200 as a customer lifetime value for that, you know, from that particular customer. If I'm a brand, though, on the other hand, do I fundamentally understand sports betting? Do I, you know, do and, and as, a, as an individual, maybe running and working inside of an agency or working inside of a brand, you know, do, do I actually know how to, how to bet myself? Like, do I understand like what states are going to, to, to be legalized over the next, you know, two or three months, two or three years? You know, what are some of those media companies that are, 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 are taking the lead in, in the sports betting conversation with customers? Yes, ESPN, um, you know, have, has a couple of segments, but there are entire media companies and media properties that are solely focused on uh, the sports betting industry. And, and do I understand who they are? I, I think that, you know, it's it's one thing to to just you know to just kind of passively hear about it. It's another thing to 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 actively be engaged and to fundamentally understand what that sports better is looking for from a you know from a for, sports betting perspective, but also the value that that they can offer to you as a brand. Um, and how do you how do you communicate with them? You know, because if you're talking to a sports better about overs and unders and against the spreads, I'm telling you right now as a brand, it would be an amazing. Um, you know, customer acquisition tool. How do you turn eyeballs into into data, and then data into dollars? And and that's really you know, in order to understand how to do that uh, and capitalize on the sports betting opportunity, you need to understand a sports betting in general, but just kind of how the how the industry works. Absolutely loved all of this, Daniel. Where can people connect with you? They can if you go to www.chalklinesports.com. Uh, you can go to our website or just daniel at chalklinesports.com is my email address. And as always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. What are your thoughts on the sports betting world? Do you currently sports bet? Are you interested in it? Hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy or on Twitter at Rob Cressy. 
Also, I'm trying something new. I am giving away three free ideas for your business. All you got to do is hit me up. Rob at BaconSports.com, title it three free ideas. I'll give you three free ideas. That's it. That's all.